everyone, and welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast that takes the act of writing, which can sometimes be not so easy, and tries to make it less not so easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. Are you really Melissa? Or are you, in fact, an imposter? Bum, bum, bum. I'm an imposter named Melissa Long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exact facsimile yeah like completely the same like oh well i guess i don't i don't know that's very uh yeah i'm not sure the philosophical ramifications of that but uh <laughs> what we're talking about is not trying to completely blow my mind although we just did um but we're talking about imposter syndrome and that is when you feel like it usually comes after some success you have some success and you feel like oh my god i i I don't really deserve this. I lucked into this and soon they will find out that I am completely faking it and I will be revealed for the imposter I am. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. And that's a good time. It's a fun head trip. (laughs) (laughs) Fun times. It happens a lot. I mean, it's not unheard of, especially, you know, if you have one success to then start to feel like, oh no, this can't be real. I, I, I screwed. This, This is all. I'm a fake. I'm a fake. But of course you aren't. You're not a fake. But no. it's it's uh, it comes up and it's important to address and to and to validate that feeling. Yeah, I'm gonna get the stat wrong. I should have looked it up. Um, I know the stat, and it's like 87 percent of people worldwide, like 87 percent of the human population yeah. will experience uh, imposter syndrome at some time. I think it's somewhere in the 80s. I might have that wrong, but yeah, lots. We'll just go with the very scientific lots. (laughs) And it crosses, like, I used to think it was just, oh, just writers, or it's just, you know, Americans, or it's just women. No, it crosses crosses over all cultures, uh, all ages. Doesn't really go away. And I think it comes from some of the narrative that we have about uh, successful people being, like, special. You know, like, there's there's a certain, like, you're a different breed, and and it's a different sort of thing, and you're like, no, it's just me. It kind of one thing that actually uh, place that I, that I experienced actually was in parenthood, and I think part of it came from like I I compare myself to my mom, my mom who has always been mom, right? In my mind, this woman has never had a point where she wasn't mom, so whatever she did was truly mom. But then when I became a mom, I knew that I was just a person who suddenly Mm -hmm. became a mom. And therefore I wasn't really a mom because mom was just mom, you know? Um, And I think that's kind of where it comes from is, is this narrative of, of successful people being a different kind of person. And you're going, I'm not a different kind of person. I'm just a person because the truth is, is successful people aren't different kind of people. They're just people. People are just people. And uh, it's hard to kind of uh, reconcile those two things in your head. Yeah, it can be very tough, very challenging. I, I'm i not a parent, but I do think that I tend to, to lean towards the way we're educated. Like, it is the way that, that culture normalizes certain things, and our education system is very much a, uh, you know, zero-sum game. Like, and it's very much a, you do these things, and you get an A, and you do these things, and you get a B, and it teaches you to think of like there is always one right way to do something and a wrong way to do mm-hmm. do something and you kind of s- start to feel like when you become an adult 
there is no manual. <laughs> There's no yeah. textbook. Nope. And you're like, but am I doing it right? I don't think I'm doing it right. So I must be doing it wrong because like it should be easier. And this other person is doing it and they're having a different kind of success. And we're only, we start then doing the comparison thing of Which my struggle to do this thing when we only see like, you know, that 10% of their mm-hmm. existence and that, that 10% looks perfect. And then we go, well, I must be the fraud because I don't have everything together the way they have everything together and uh, that is the story of mary's anxiety thank you (laughs) welcome to this dramatic reading of the inside of mary's head (laughs) thank you for our ted talk (laughs) yeah that was awesome and we've just plumbed the depths of mary's mental illness um yeah so and I, i what you said is all very true and very right and and it's important to acknowledge the commonality of that the thought distortion that comes with that uh, the lack of growth mindset that that comes from, all that good stuff. But you were saying before we recorded that you that this might not always be a bad thing. Yeah, this this blew my mind because I've always been anti-imposter syndrome. Yeah. Don't let it get you down. Like the rah-rah, like just team plow through it, ignore it, keep going. And I was listening to another podcast and they said, well, I think imposter syndrome could actually be good. Like everybody experiences it, but as a writer and a creative, when you have that sense of, I have something to prove, it shows up in your writing, whether it's like you push to get a more original idea or you go through a hundred (laughs) extra revisions uh, or you, you know, spend a lot of time and money investing and making sure it's right before it goes out to the market or to the audience or gets published or you're trying to pitch it and sell it they just said like it gives you more fire because you feel Mm -hmm. like you are trying to prove something to the world and and to yourself that Mm -hmm. rightfully that you are a writer or a good enough writer and i'm like oh that's an interesting perspective what do you think about that mary i think that's a really good way to spin it certainly like if you're experienced because you you do have to then believe that you're not an imposter for that to work but i think that's a good way to spin it when those feelings come up that say oh you're you're a failure, this is, you're fake, to be able to take that and say, oh yeah, I'll show you, even to yourself, even to your own brain, or to these perceived outsiders that you think are, are doubting you. I think that's a really good way of, of flipping that, those negative thoughts in, and turning them into something positive and something uh, encouraging. You do have to believe that you are not an imposter, though, for that to work, because <laughs> uh, otherwise you're proving, you're going to end up proving you know, the other way too, right? Like whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Um, but I like that. I like being able to, I think that's a really good exercise to do to take that and say, no, I'll show you. Well, and I don't even know if it's that, if it like comes out of our, I always get these wrong, but subconscious. Is subconscious, you're not aware. Right? Yes. <laughs> you're subconscious. Not unconscious. That's just like. <laughs> no, that's when you're just asleep. That's. <laughs> Oh, this is why I have editors. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. I can't uh, do math, but I have a computer that does it. So it's all good. Exactly. I'm like, what does this word mean again? Uh, yeah. So like, but I think that there is some level for me that does that, but not in my sort of like, it's like I subconsciously do it. I don't overtly mm-hmm. try to do it, which is I just obsess over being, trying to have the most perfect script Right. Mm -hmm. And I do, even though I have polished and edited my script, this is a perfect example. Every single time 
I send that draft out to someone, I review it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I cannot send, I cannot attach a file and send it without a full read through of the document. And like some people mm-hmm. may be like, that's a waste of time, Melissa. It <laughs> like it is, it is, it is done. Stop touching it. But yeah. on the other hand, it's like, you never know. <laughs> like, and sometimes I do find random things that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> like, hmm. Okay. There's a balance, I suppose. Uh, because like you said, that, that can be a big time waster. And in fact, can, like for me, I had to get over that because otherwise I would never send it. Right. To be like, oh, I've got a few minutes. Let me send a query off. Oh, wait, you know what? I need to do a whole nother edit. I need to read this again. And then I just would walk away. I wouldn't ever send the query because it wasn't just send the query now. It was <laughs> revise your entire draft. I'm like, oh my God. So I think you have to find the balance that works for you, which I think that's something we've said over and over again, that none of these things that anyone says is universally true. But I, I, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're, you're, is to use that kernel of fear productively. Yeah, or I think even like pulling out of the the sales aspect or the like putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. Um, And having that vulnerability, I think there's something to it when you're thinking about the story that you want to tell and the idea uh, Mm -hmm. that you decide to develop when you're in those initial brainstorming uh, periods, because it can be really tempting to go with the first idea that comes to you. Mm Or, you know, you're brainstorming and I've done a lot of exercises. I think Donald Moss does this a lot where he's like, okay, you write 10 things and then you go back and then you write 10 more things and you go back and you write 10 more things. And when you get to that like sort of 30th thing, then you have my permission to sort of go through (laughs) and figure out what are the good ideas. But I think a lot of us rush into like, nope, that's the reason or that's the plot. And Mm -hmm. we're so excited to tell that story without recognizing that there may be, if, if it came that easily to you, it came that easily to about 300 other people. Mm-hmm. And if you want an original idea, you have to do that work up front to push yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, but I'm reacting differently to that because... And maybe because of the way I work, like that development happens as part of the writing process anyway. So I, yeah, I, I, I am still doing it. I think I just do it at a different time um, in a different way. But yeah, like you, hmm. Well, you could do it There's during kinda, the revision, the first revision. Yeah. Right. Because your, out- yeah. your, dra- your first draft is your outline. It's like this. If I am going to give you directions to my house, I need to know where you are. Because if I don't, right, I'm going to say, you know, turn left here. Well, if I don't know that you're east of me, then if I tell you to turn left and you're west of me, then you're going to go further away. But if you're east of me, then I say turn left. Oh, okay, you'll get there, assuming you're facing north. Don't worry about this. And so where, where some of this stuff of push yourself harder comes if you're at a place where you need to push harder, right? And the stuff of you need to, to be easy on yourself comes if you need that. As someone who has had a lot of, uh, who, who, who lives west of push yourself harder, uh, I think that's why I'm reacting badly to that. or not as, not as reacting as well to that because I'm already, I already live in push yourself harder land. So if I turn right, I'm going to go even further into that. 
But if you don't live in push yourself harder land, then you do need to turn right. I don't know. Am I making any bit of sense or am I completely ranting? Have I gone completely over the edge at this point? <laughs> I'm just like pic- picturing like a, a Google, <laughs> Google yes. Maps. Like, turn this way. No, wait. Nope, nope. That way, that way. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do a full psychological profile before you can use the GPS. <laughs> How do you feel about your work? Well, I think this, though, th- you make a good point, right? It's like you have to know yourself. You have to know your triggers. You have to mm-hmm. know... Um, how to how to to encourage yourself to to produce the mm-hmm. right work, the best work, the best version of work that you're capable of producing at that time. And I think this is why I have been really drawn towards um, affirmations and thinking about yeah. affirmations and how they help me get out of that out of those limiting beliefs or just like change my perspective and 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 think like okay wait no i need to be remember like reminded Mm -hmm. that uh imperfection is okay or i need to be reminded (laughs) that Mm -hmm. uh you know i can conquer this blank page right like sometimes those affirmations are really helpful do you use affirmations i do sometimes and i love them uh and you can sometimes feel kind of stupid doing them but they really can help a lot because you're training your brain, right? You're literally, because all, all of this comes from, right, uh, uh, scripts that your brain recites to you because they worked at some point and maybe now they don't. Um, once again, we're just going to insert the uh, therapy is great. Take, mm-hmm. go to therapy. <laughs> um, and an affirmation can be a nice way to kind of uh, subjugate some of those those scripts that are not good. So, yeah, to sit and say, you know, I'm proud of my work. I'm proud of my work. I am proud of my work. It 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 really helps. You're like, yeah, you know, I am proud of my work. All right, let's go. You can't affirm yourself into something you don't believe, you know. You can't just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's physically impossible. But they can really help remind you, I think. Yeah, I was watching, I was on TikTok. So yeah, I was wasting time. Uh, but TikTok is a, a big part of my happiness regimen. <laughs> it has gotten me through the last baby. year. It is part of my self-care routine. Uh, but I was watching TikTok and there was this whole video on affirmations and they were talking about why affirmations didn't work for them. And it was this was a therapist and she mm-hmm. said, try adding what if to the beginning of the affirmation mm. if you're having trouble just reading an affirmation and accepting it because there's sort of two different mindsets. So for folks who feel like they're saying, I am a competent writer and it just feels fake, it doesn't fit with them, the like, mm-hmm. what if I am a competent writer, like then can feel more comforting and it allows your brain mm-hmm. to start exploring, well, well, like what does that look like? Uh, and it was really interesting because when she said that, I got a lot of anxiety because when I ask what if, I'm like, oh, I think of the positive, but my brain immediately spins to the negative. What yeah. if I'm not a competent writer? Yeah. And then that gives me more anxiety. <laughs> but I did find that in certain realms, like the affirmation worked really well for me. And then in other cases, it was like, oh, no, I need that what if because I don't quite believe the affirmation yeah. enough yet. So I need to be in that exploring stage of what could it look like if that affirmation were true. Ooh, I like that very much. That's excellent. Yeah, so using your, your imposter syndrome can can be a, a trigger that you know you need a different affirmation or it can become the source of an affirmation. Um, 
but these, yeah, I think it's a question of kind of knowing where you are and knowing what's going on in your head and doing whatever the heck you have to do to make it, make it work. I, do, honestly, do like, do like dancers have to do this? Do they have to like do therapy on themselves to be able to do their, their thing? I don't think so. They have physical therapy. <laughs> I think so. I think every, inter- every art form and entertainer or athlete has to because there's so much vulnerability in what you're doing and mm-hmm. so much competition right so i, I true it may not be it may show up in a different slightly different way but i think tons mm-hmm. of dancers have imposter syndrome that they're not good enough their it's form true. or their body is not good enough it's not the right yeah. shape they're not tall enough they're you know yeah that'd be right you're right yeah and you know the whole fa- the fact that there is a thing of sports psychology yeah that tells you yeah this is this stuff's hard man but if you know you just do the work then maybe that'll help you and how cool that we have these tools of art that we can use to also work on ourselves you know to that they it kind of feeds each other i, I think that's kind of nice agree <laughs> sorry right. i'm like i should respond well, <laughs> yeah i got nothing we've gone really deep here um and again it's always why do we always end every uh every session with go to therapy we should get a sponsorship from like better health or something like that i know right (laughs) better health whatever it's called it's really a therapy podcast it really is all right well i think we will wrap up there um with this uh endorsement of therapy again and uh, remind you all that writing is hard so take it easy i'm mary and i'm melissa bye everybody bye 